Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I I know I did one of my favorite holidays. I just I, I love the spread, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the meal, you gotta roll me out like my name's Violet Beauregard. Gotta gotta work out, gotta go on a diet now. Way too much <laughs> carbs in one week. But I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And you know who had a great weekend? And I say that very facetiously. Anthony Fauci making the rounds on social media because as we reported last week, <gasps> there's a new variant. There's a new variant of the COVID-19 virus. <gasps> Omicron. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. They skipped over new. They skipped over she. Uh, <laughs> obviously, because you, you can't have that being like the, the Chinese president. Can't have that at all. So now they're on Omicron. And uh, as I posted on my Telegram, an, an anagram for the new COVID variant is moronic. If you rearrange the letters, you get to moronic, which makes a whole lot of sense. But Fauci was all over cable news this weekend. And he, he's over the moon ex excited because he knows that now he can use this new variant to lock the country down again, to shut down travel, to impose new vaccine requirements on the American people, which is what he has said he's going to do. I believe the quote is, everything's on the table. So we're going to play a couple of those cuts. So make sure that you hit that share button. Make sure you give, a, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you comment, comment, comment. Help us bust through these algorithms and reach more people. And the easiest way to do that, obviously, is for you to hit the share button or just to share the link on your different social networks um, on your own. So before we get into this, I, I want to remind everyone that Joe Biden did make a solemn promise. He promised that he was going to shut down the virus. He's going to shut it down. He wasn't going to shut down the country. He was going to shut down the virus. Mr. Producer, just to remind everyone, let's play cut number one. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. He's going to shut it down. He's going to shut down the virus. Well, he proclaimed victory, if you remember, in July. He said we were declaring our independence from COVID-19. And we all said no. <laughs> it's still going to be around. Like, Obviously, it's not a death sentence for the majority of people who get it, but it's still going to be around, right? You can't just declare victory over a virus. To this day, when you get the flu, you are still getting a strain of the Spanish flu that wiped out such a huge chunk of the world's population. As viruses evolve and mutate, they tend to get less lethal and more transmissible. The reason for that is they're trying to survive. And viruses, if they become more lethal, do not survive. They kill their hosts before the host has a chance to spread the virus to someone else. So the viruses that last, 
that spread are the ones that tend to become less lethal and more transmissible as a result. This case with the Omicron variant is no different. The South African strain, and I'm not, I'm not even going to use the, the Greek letters anymore. I'm just going to call it the South African strain because uh, it's, it's probably just easier. <laughs> but this is the same with the South African strain. It is less lethal, more mild, because the purpose is to spread far and wide, not to kill everyone before they have a chance to spread the virus. Obviously, viruses aren't intelligent. They're not able just to decide, like they're playing a video game, what path they're going to take. But it tends to be, and there are, always, there are always exceptions to this. Like some of the mutations for the Ebola virus are an exception to this. They've mutated and actually become more lethal. But generally, Generally, when viruses mutate, when viruses evolve, they do not become more lethal. They become less lethal and, as a result, more transmissible. And we're going to jump ahead. The doc and we're going to jump ahead to cut eight. So get that ready, Mr. Producer. The doctor who discovered this new virus, this this new strain, South African strain, admits that there's barely any symptoms. That it's just soreness and you're tired and you're achy, but no serious symptoms. I will play this, and then we'll get into what they're actually going to overreact and do with this virus. Mr. Producer, play cut number eight. The overall uh, patients uh, that was recorded yesterday was 3,000 and around about 3,700. So our positivity rate is 9.2%. It is, yes, it is, it is more than we would have loved um, it to be. But looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, Currently, there's no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. So what we see with this one is, again, it started, um, normally it will always start with your younger people. Um, so it started with the younger generation, 40 and less. And um, the most predominant clinical complaint is severe fatigue for one or two days with then the headache and the body aches and pain. Some of them will have what they call a scratchy throat and some will have a cough, a dry cough, but it's not a, con con a constant cough, it comes and goes. And that's more or less the, the big symptoms that we have seen. So, right from her mouth, tends to be achiness, soreness, fatigue, I put this on my telegram over the weekend. Basically, it makes you feel like you did a hard day's work, which is why I guess Democrats are so terrified of this variant. <laughs> but seriously, it, it are mild symptoms. They're mild symptoms. They're more mild. A dry cough instead of a wet cough. That's could be a good sign because wet coughs tend to be very, very bad with, with COVID. But they, they're admitting, they're saying, hey, we, we have, yeah, sure, it's a little bit more transmissible, but the symptoms are much more mild. They're much more mild, so there's not a whole lot to worry about at this point. No need to overreact. Well, Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci aren't listening to the science, because Fauci says he is the science. We'll get to that in a second. Instead, they are going into full lockdown mode. It was supposed to be Friday, but Fauci, I guess, convinced Biden to hold off until today. Today is the date that no travelers from South Africa or I think six or seven other South Southern African countries will be allowed to come into the United States. 
And they are preparing for even more lockdowns, mandates, vaccine requirements. They're just basically using this to, to double down, double down on the, their power and to seize more power for themselves. So I want to play a few of these clips. I want to play a few of these clips because Fauci was making the rounds and it's truly, truly terrifying. The kind of stuff he's been saying. Here's a clip, Mr. Producer. We're going to go to cut number three. This is Fauci saying that passports for domestic travel within the United States are on the table. Mr. Producer, let's play cut number three. Should we have a vaccine mandate for domestic travel, air travel? You know, Chuck, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make any, any pronouncements about what we should have about vaccine mandates for travel. We know that we evaluate these things literally in real time all the time. You know, everything is discussed and everything is on the table. Everything is on the table. Everything's on the table. Fauci's loving this. This is this is what Fauci believes he was born to do. Trample on Americans' freedoms. Restrict our liberties and seize more power for himself. Remember, no one ever elected Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci has been in office so long. He's been in this position at uh, NIAID in the NIH. He's been there since the 80s. He's been there so long that the majority of the American people never even voted for the original person who put him in. The majority of the American people cannot even say that they indirectly voted to put Anthony Fauci in this position. That's how long he has been in office. But he's loving this. He's absolutely loving this. And now he says that the, that the virus isn't going to go away. Now, we know the virus is going to stay with us. It's just going to be, as I said, the Spanish flu is still with us in the form of seasonal flus. But Fauci's trying to scare everyone, say that this virus isn't going to go away. I mean, the reason they use this talking point is because Donald Trump said eventually the virus will go away. So they love refuting that. But here's Fauci, again, trying to fear monger, saying that, nope, this is the new normal. This is what we're going to have to live with forever. Ms. Brewster, put up cut number four. We certainly are not going to eradicate it. We've only eradicated one virus in that smallpox. Elimination means there's none of it in the country like we have now with polio and with measles. I don't think we're going to be there with this. But what I do think we will be able to do is get a level of control that's low enough that it doesn't interfere with our function. It doesn't have a major impact on society and what we do. It's not going to go away. The lower we get it, the better off we'll be. And you get it that low when you get the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated and boosted. So like I've said multiple times, Chuck, it's in with our own grasp of how we're going to be able to live with the virus. The lower we get it, the lower the dynamics of virus in the community, the lower the risk to everyone. So the only way we get back to even a semblance of normalcy is if everyone gets boosted. Now, we'll remind you that the, the boosters, the vaccines, the way that they create some immunity is by tricking your body into thinking that they just injected you with the virus by using the same spike protein. This is the, the bit of the virus that actually attaches to your cells, the spike protein. So they have mimicked the spike protein. And when you get injected with this vaccine, with these vaccines, the whole purpose is to trick your body into thinking that you just came into contact with the virus so that the next time they see it, the, your body knows how to fight it. The technology, the logic behind it, 
and this is how it works. Now, is, if the vaccine's worth it, if the juice is worth the squeeze, it's an entirely different argument. But the theory behind it is similar to you going to jujitsu class or, or martial arts class. You go there and they teach you how to break out of different kinds of holds, different kinds of grasps. Someone comes around you, grabs you by the neck, and then your instructor will teach you how to break out of that hold so you can get away. Again, the point being that if you encounter someone in real life doing the same thing to you, you know how to break away. <clears throat> the problem is that this new South African variant does not have the same spike protein. So it's like going, it's, if you're vaccinated, it's like going to the jujitsu gym or the martial arts gym, learning how to get out of a certain hold. And then all of a sudden you get mugged in the street, but they use a different hold that you haven't learned how to break out of. That's basically in a nutshell, what happens if you've been vaccinated or if you've had natural immunity and you come into contact with this new strain, it looks significantly different to the point where your body thinks it's encountering a new virus. So when you hear Anthony Fauci say that the way to beat the South African strain is to get vaccinated, there just isn't any real science there. I mean, you might as well be trying to get vaccinated against a different illness because, as I said, the vaccines only have the spike protein. And when the spike protein mutates and changes significantly, the vaccine or any natural immunity for that matter does not provide the same protection against these new strains. But as I said earlier, and as we just heard from one of the doctors who discovered it, this new South African strain is not more lethal. It is more transmissible, just like Delta before it. As this virus begins to evolve, begins to mutate, it becomes less lethal so it can spread more. Because <laughs> if you kill your host, you don't get to spread and spread and spread. So that was Fauci. And again, he went on all these shows. We're going to go to cut five. This is him on this week on ABC saying, you got to get vaccinated and boosted. Boost, boost, boost. Mr. Producer, play cut five. Have we detected the Omicron variant here in the United States yet? No, we have not, George. And we have a pretty good surveillance system. But as we all know, when you have a virus that has already gone to multiple countries, Inevitably, it will be here. The question is, will we be prepared for it? And the preparation that we have ongoing for what we're doing now with the Delta variant just needs to be revved up. And that's the bottom line of that is the preparation by getting more and more people vaccinated and getting the fully vaccinated boosted. That's what we can be doing. But we are on the lookout for this. The CDC has a good surveillance system. So if and when, and it's going to be when it comes here, hopefully we will be ready for it by enhancing our capabilities via the vaccine, masking, all the things that we do and should be doing. Gotta vaccinate. I will say it again. The vaccines that they currently have are not expected to protect anyone from this new South African strain because the South African strain has a different spike protein. And that's, the, that's one of the inherent flaws with having a vaccination program where you're targeting the spike protein. If it changes, you're done, among other problems with the vaccines, for sure. He says we have to prepare. Ms. Booster, if you put up my screen, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, has declared a state of emergency. A state of emergency for, as Anthony Fauci just explained, a strain of a virus that does not have a single confirmed case in the United States. 
New York's governor has declared a state of emergency. Now, I understand if you if you have uh, if you have a, a, a hurricane about to make landfall, you declare a state of emergency before the hurricane makes landfall. That way you can rally your resources, get everyone prepared. But what the New York governor is doing is she's basically saying, OK, no one's allowed to have elective surgeries. No one's allowed to have elective surgeries. They're doing all the same crap that they did before. So here's the tweet that she wrote. We continue to see warning signs of spikes in COVID this winter. And while the new Omicron variant has yet to be detected in New York State, it's coming. Today, I signed an executive order to help Health New York Gov boost hospital capacity ahead of potential spikes. Potential spikes. So this is this is how dangerous this is. We can take down my screen, Mr. Producer. It's one thing to declare a state of emergency when you, the Doppler radar shows that the massive hurricane is two days away or one day away. That's a completely different thing. Here, she is saying potential spikes. She is declaring a state of emergency for unrealized threats. This is a gross abuse of power because this is, I mean, this is what they've been doing all this time. They've been using these state of emergency laws, these executive powers to kick the can down the road, to keep extending. I mean, anyone who's lived in Michigan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Michigan's governor continuing to use these emergency powers to restrict the liberties and freedoms of the Michigan people. New York is declaring a state of emergency without a single South African strain case and under the threat of potential spikes. That's her words, not mine. Potential spikes. They, oh, well, we might, we might see more cases in the winter, so no one's allowed to have elective surgeries anymore. So first they fire the doctors and the nurses, and now they once again prohibit the hospitals from performing the most profitable surgeries. I mean, those the surgeries that are elective, you're talking about elective, I mean, like, <laughs> the elective surgery, they're, they're the most profitable among them, among all the things that the hospital will do. That's why we saw hospitals actually go out of business during a pandemic, <laughs> right? Because they can't do plastic surgery. That was the word I was just searching for, plastic surgery. They can't do plastic surgery because, oh, the variants, the virus is out there. Well, plastic surgery is one of the most profitable types of surgeries that a hospital will do. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. It's insanity. So they fire the hot, the doctors, they fire the nurses, and now they're going to stop hospitals from being able to make money, which is going to lead to more layoffs and more firings. It's a joke. It, it really is a joke. But that's what they're doing. 
destroy the economy, destroy everyone, everyone's livelihoods. And the reason being that Anthony Fauci says he is the science. He is science. You see this clip? He was on Face the Nation, and Anthony Fauci declared that he is science. He said it before, but he said it again. It's equally disgusting now. We'll play this for you, Mr. Producer. Play cut number six. Why do you feel so strongly uh, about that, about staying on the job when you become, I mean, you were personally, not just rhetorically, threatened your security, your safety, your family. Yeah. How did you deal with that? I dealt with it by focusing on what my job is. From the time that I went into medicine to the right now where I am at my age, my job has been totally focused on doing what I can with the talents and the influence I have to make scientific advances to protect the health of the American public. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect from President Trump? Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I yeah, mean, that's OK. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. Right, exactly, exactly. And to me, that's, that's unbelievably bad, because all I want to do is save people's lives. I mean, anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. So... Holy moly, there's a lot to break down there. If we go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is my favorite take on this so far. I believe Ted Cruz retweeted this. This is from Newman Nahas. <laughs> he says, I and the science are one. He who has seen me has seen the science. No man comes to the science but through me. He who criticizes me criticizes the science. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what Fauci is saying. He who criticizes me criticizes the science. No man comes to the science but through me. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be a joke if he wasn't talking about destroying so many people's lives and livelihoods. And how, where does Fauci get off proclaiming that he is not political when during an interview about the criticism of criticism against him for gain-of-function research. He accuses Ted Cruz of inciting January 6th, 
some nonsense like that. What? <laughs> so he's literally spewing leftist talking points. And he's like, I'm not political. But meanwhile, but also Ted Cruz is an insurrectionist. Ted Cruz had some words for Fauci. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, he put up a tweet thread. He said, Fauci is an unelected technocrat who has distorted science and facts in order to exercise authoritarian control over millions of Americans. He represents in a liberal, he lives in a liberal world where his smug, I represent science attitude is praised. Here are the facts. On May 11th, Fauci testified before a Senate committee that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. On October 20th, NIH wrote that they funded an experiment at the Wuhan lab testing if, quote, spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptors in a mouse model, end quote. That is gain-of-function research. Fauci's statement and the NIH's October 20th letter cannot both be true. The statements are directly contradictory. 18 U.S.C. section 1001 makes it a felony punishable by up to five years in prison to lie to Congress. No amount of ad hominem insults parroting Democrat talking points will get Fauci out of his contradiction. Fauci either needs to address the substance and detail with, spe with specific factual corroboration or DOJ should consider prosecuting him for making false statements to Congress. That's from Ted Cruz. And keep that up. We'll go to Rand Paul. Rand Paul's tweet out the absolute hubris of someone claiming they represent science. It's astounding and alarming that a public health bureaucrat would even think to claim such a thing, especially one who has worked so hard to ignore the science of natural immunity. Go ahead. Take down the screen, Mr. Producer. There's <laughs> hubris. Hubris is a good way of describing it. Hubris is a good way of describing it, but I feel like I need a little help figuring out the words. So we're going to bring in my co-host Joe Oltman on to help me come up with some additional words to describe anti-Fauci. Joe, we've done a lot of work with the, thesaur with the thesaurus. How would you describe anti-Fauci? As a piece of trash. There we go. Or is that, is that pretty much? Yeah, he's trash. Fauci is a piece of trash who literally is killing people. I want to read a text to you this morning that I got from a friend of mine who is in the hospital right now with COVID. And on the, in, the, in the COVID deal, it's, uh, he said, Joe, I'm sorry to bother you, but I came down with COVID over Thanksgiving and I'm running out of options. I'm in the hospital because of low oxygen levels. Do you know a good primary care doctor in this? I have ivermectin, but I'm losing a window of opportunity. Thank you for your advice and prayers. I said, how much ivermectin are you taking? Are you taking HCQ as well? I do. I gave him some information. I did take, he did say, I did say HCQ from the beginning. They aren't pushing that, but said no ivermectin in the hospital. No ivermectin in the hospital. I said, do you have it on you? Should I, should I call the doctor now? I said, yes. I'm trying to smuggle some in. When, when, just when did it become a crime to take the measures to save your life? When, when did a hospital get to say it's not a part of our protocol? When? I want to know. I want to know when they get to decide 
It's not a part of your protocol, and so you can't take that. You can't take things that save your life. You're not allowed to take those things. Oh, and I don't know if you heard about the guy in, in, in Chicago. Did you hear about the guy in Chicago that went to the to – yeah, the, yeah. Did you guys talk With about that already? No, no, the, the judge. Uh, we can go ahead and put up my screen the, right now. The judge actually screen. said in this case – so this guy, Edward Ning, is it? No. What, yeah. What's the, what's the guy's? I, I, his last name is NG. NG. N. Sun Ning. All right. Whatever. So listen, he was hospitalized for with coronavirus, put on a ventilator, was not going to make it. The head nurse and the doctor said, let him die with dignity. This is what the hospital said to him. Yeah. You know what? F- dignity. And you know what? Screw decorum. We've got to get to a place where we recognize that they don't care about us as Americans. They don't care. So the, 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 the judge had to come in, and the judge had to say, give him ivermectin. And the hospital said, we won't do it. And they, he said, I will charge you with murder if he dies. And they said, oh, we better give him ivermectin. And they gave him ivermectin, and within five days, guess what? He's out of the hospital. He's out of the hospital, and he's breathing without any assisted oxygen. He and he was dying. The, he, he took the tube out himself. That's how, that's how sudden of a, of a recovery it was. He was intubated, and it helped him so much that he was the one who took the tube out himself. And they weren't going to do it. Yeah. That's why he took it out himself. He's like, yeah, I'm done. When is it that the patient is actually giving himself care that has more common sense than the doctors and nurses? There was a report given. There was, excuse me. There was a poll taken, an anonymous poll. 71% of the nurses and doctors that responded said they do not agree with the protocols being given to hospitals for coronavirus patients. 71%. You know what that tells me? They don't have any courage. Yeah. And the 29%, shame on them. We're in a war, people. We're in a war. And there's only one way out. And that's to claw and fight our way out. Well, it was, it was up, more man. than I'm, that. I'm, I know, it, it was more than that. In the actual court case, I don't know if you've, if you've read it. I always like to read the actual um, back and forths. The hospital claimed that he wasn't dying from COVID and that he wasn't about to die. And it actually, the family had to come in and bring in their own notes that they took down as they were talking to doctors in the hospital to refute the hospital. The hospital said he was, he was doing great. He's doing perfectly. Now, he, he was slipping. And it was very clear the trajectory he was going on. They tried to claim that there was nothing wrong. He wasn't dying. And it took the family actually coming in with handwritten notes as they were talking to doctors. Explaining, no, the doctors told us this. Doctors told us that. Then the hospital claimed that it would do more damage to give him ivermectin. No, they and said the that it does that, go against the protocol. It goes against the protocol and that there'd be adverse effects of giving him ivermectin. Yeah, yeah. do more damage. And the, and the doctor said, the, the judge said, whoa, whoa, whoa. After already concluding that he is in the process of dying, the judge is like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? You're afraid of hurting a dying man? And he ordered them to give it to them. And within five days, as you said, he was breathing on his own. He's up and at him. 
but not everyone has a lawyer. Not only everyone has the ability to, to get a lawyer to fight this. I mean, I, I, I don't know why it, it used to be we were throwing the kitchen sink at it. And we can see the different doctors from around the country who had these different protocols. I forget the, the name of it. There was one with a, a couple of numbers in it. But basically, it was the kitchen sink approach. They threw ivermectin. They threw hydroxychloroquine. Everything at them. Everything they possibly thought could work that didn't counteract with each other, the doctors threw out the patients. And those are the patients that had the, the doctors that had the best success rates. Right. Because they were literally just everything that even remotely appeared to be efficacious. They threw it at the patient, the kitchen sink approach. And it worked. The hospitals, the, yes, the hospitals with the worst metrics with the highest numbers of fatalities are the ones who are not taking a kitchen sink approach and are instead going right to ventilators. Those are the hospitals with the worst fatality numbers. And guess it just seems bought, so obvious. Guess where they bought their ventilators from? Uh, well, some of them were made in the United States. Some of them were from China. China. Look, I'm, I, I'm, I'm over it, Max. I'm over it. I think we all need to be over it. We need to be over it. You know, time for talk is done. I'm done talking. I'm done talking. You know, these doctors are complete trash. Fauci, complete trash. Our judiciary, well, you get some good ones. You get some good ones that finally stand up for people. Do you know how many cases have gone across the United States where they took it in there and said, hey, give my, give, give my loved one ivermectin? And they're like, nope, can't do it. It goes against the hospital's rules. Well, does it do any harm? I think that's what the, the, the judge said. Does it do any harm? And they're like, well, it they has adverse say, effects. They should just say that they just got back from South America, Central America, Africa, and they're worried they might have a parasite. Then they give it to them right away, right? If you were to go into the hospital and say, I have diarrhea, I have all these different symptoms that are, that are consistent with having a parasite, they would just give you ivermectin as an outpatient. I mean, that's how generally safe... Uh-oh. That's how generally broken. safe... Uh-oh. Uh, if one of the producers can get in there and help them with that. Um, that's how generally safe ivermectin is. They give it to them on an outpatient basis. You don't need a doctor monitoring your vitals every 12 hours um, with ivermectin. So if you just say, oh, I've, I've, I've been traveling around the country, they give it to you right away. It gets even worse than this, Joan. I know you're, you're fixing that, so um, I'll, just, I'll just keep vamping. It gets worse than that. The hospital... After this man, after um, this man recovered, Sung Ning, after he recovered from COVID, from ivermectin, the hospital is now appealing the judge's ruling to make sure that it can't be used as precedent. So they basically have proven that this guy was going to die. He made a miraculous recovery that can be attributed to the inclusion of this new drug. And now instead of the hospital saying, you know what? We were wrong. Thank goodness this guy's still alive. They are appealing the judge's ruling to try and get it on paper that the that judges don't have the authority to force hospitals to, uh, to administer drugs that they don't want to administer. That's how sick and evil this is. Instead of saying, well, you know what? We should, we should give this to other people. Maybe we can save more lives. They want to go back to this case and, and make it harder and harder for other patients, for other patients to be able to, to do the same. While Joe gets his mic fixed, going to remind everyone, um, if you haven't already, you got to check out the Conservative Daily Store. 
And if we can put up my screen, Mr. Producer, we have new t-shirts up. All I want for Christmas is a full forensic audit. Ugly Christmas t-shirt. All I want for Christmas is the real president. And we also do have it in sweatshirt form as well. And through today, it ends tomorrow. People have been asking for promo codes for shipping. When you purchase over $125, today ends today. When you purchase over $125, you get 10% off when you use promo code 10OFF, T-E-N-O-F-F. So pick up some of these All I Want for Christmas, Ugly Christmas t-shirts, or any of the other great shirts we have at Conservative Daily Store, store store.conservative-daily.com. We can go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. Okay. So, Joe, what what do you think about that last bit that I just said, that the, the hospital is now going back and appealing the judge's ruling, knowing that the drug saved this patient's life? The hospital is trying to reverse the ruling so that it can't be used as a precedent for any other patients. Yeah, because this is what they are. Look, I, I went to the hospital because of the impalement of my leg. And they're like, yeah, you need a tetanus shot. And I was like, oh, I just had one last week. <laughs> I, I had to lie because I don't want them to inject in my body anything that they can lie to me and tell me it's something different. I mean, it's a sinister environment. It's a sinister environment. They are literally trying to kill Americans. They're trying to kill Americans. But you know who they're not trying to kill? They're not trying to kill Afghan refugees that come over here that they give them ivermectin when they get off the plane. Nope, not trying to kill them. They're just trying to kill you. They're trying to kill you, enslave you, steal from you, take your voice away, put a system in place on the election that literally is designed to defraud you, put a person like Fauci that claims that he is science. That guy's a piece of trash. Bill Gates is a freaking piece of trash. They're trash. These are the worst people in our society. They're garbage. And they want me to apologize for it. I won't. I won't apologize for it. I I literally got an email two days ago. It says, you need to apologize for calling Bill Gates trash. I need to do what? He's done so much good. I've been in Africa. I've seen what that mad lunatic does to people. I've seen it firsthand. He is a piece of garbage. That guy has literally enjoys killing people. He enjoys it. Uh, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking of the Conor McGregor meme. I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody. Yeah. Well, I won't <laughs> apologize. Those moments. I will not apologize. So, did, you, did you have a chance to watch that Fauci clip as you were getting set up, or do you want me to play it again? No, I didn't watch it. I was actually okay, so, on, on the call trying to get people to stop fighting with each other. So I, I want to play this again for, for Joe. Mr. Bruce, we're going to go back to cut six. Fauci declaring that he is science. Fauci accusing Ted Cruz of being an insurrectionist. Mr. Bruce, let's play cut six. Why do you feel so strongly uh, about that, about staying on the job when you become, I mean, you were personally, not just rhetorically, threatened your security, your safety, your family. Yeah. H- how did you deal with that? I dealt with it by focusing on what my job is. From the time that I went into medicine to the right now where I am at my age, my job has been totally focused on doing what I can with the talents and the influence I have to make scientific advances to protect the health of the American public. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and you see all what that he looked over to the left on he took a deep breath with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense that's noise Margaret that's noise 
I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the Attorney General you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to right, pause it there. Of pause it right President there. Trump? Pause it right of there. Course. I should be prosecuted. Ha! Don't you know that he also did something wrong? Even in the weird world where Ted Cruz was responsible for January 6th, which he isn't, that doesn't mean that Anthony Fauci isn't on the hook for perjury. It's, it's a classic ad hominem. It's a classic deflection. And do you notice the body language, Joe, when, when she brings up him being prosecuted? How he starts kind of twitching around a little bit and, and fake laughing? <laughs> what about what about Ted Cruz in January 6th? Ha, I rest my case. Next question. What are your thoughts so far on the interview, Joe? I think that uh, I think that Anthony Fauci is a very evil man. I think our mainstream media is evil. I think our government is innately evil. And I, I'm not going to use the word just misguided because that wouldn't be true. It's evil, satanic. I mean, it's designed to hurt people. They they get they get pleasure out of hurting people. Our January 6th prisoners are lavish, languishing in jail, languishing in jail right now, being abused. They're being abused and tortured in jail. That's a real thing. And this piece of trash gets on an interview and talks about what happened on January 6th. You piece of garbage. Guys, listen, we, the time for talk is done. We're done talking. That's not a call to violence. That's a call to get in the gap. We're done. Yeah. You stole our elections. You brought in some thing that you planned a decade ago to create chaos globally so that these globalists can institute I don't know what. I mean, I used to look back at the 2030 Project in Africa. It was a, it was a big thing called the 2030 Project. It's you know, to bring in and to eradicate poverty. They're no closer to the 2030 Project in Africa than they were 50 years ago. When they didn't even have it. And the same yeah. thing can be said for what's happening in our country. Anthony Fauci is nothing but a bureaucrat that likes to and enjoys killing animals and killing people. Yeah. And uses orphans in New York in order to satisfy his bloodthirst. He's a piece of trash. We are dealing with the biggest pieces of trash in our society that have taken over the hen house. When you have Biden and Saki and all these other people that are turning around and saying, oh, everything's fine. The economy's on its way. It's red hot. White hot. Sorry, it's white hot. The economy is not white hot. It's not. These people are destroying yeah. everything in our country. <sighs> well, well let, let's get to the end. You're, you're getting fired up. Fauci's not even done. Miss Brewster, let's, let's keep playing from where we paused. This is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump. Of course. You, you have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I yeah, mean, That's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. Right, exactly. Exactly. And to me, that's that's unbelievably bad because all I want to do is save people's lives. I mean, anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science 
flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there, so it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. I, wow. <laughs> He represents science. I mean, Joe, we read on air more medical journal articles, more uh, scholarly abstracts than I thought I ever would. No, we, we attack him with science. Like the fact that we can now talk intelligently about what gain of function research is and explain the timeline of when Anthony Fauci changed the definition to cover his behind. Right. We can talk. We're not criticizing science. We're using science to show just how off base he is. And you don't need to have a Ph.D. or an M.D. next to your name to understand when someone's trying to sell you snake oil, when someone is lying to your face, when someone is power hungry, like Anthony Fauci is. So, no, he doesn't represent science. I, but I mean, the, the word going around is hubris. Is there a better word for it other than trash, other than hubris? What would, what else would you use to describe Fauci? Satanic? Yeah. I mean... Evil, just just generally evil. Evil, recarnate. 793,000 people yeah. in the United States have died of COVID. 709,000 were given remdesivir. 709,000 were given remdesivir. 793,000 people died of COVID in since this, this whole fiasco started. 709,000 died after being given remdesivir. Do I need to tell you any more? Do you want to know how many people recovered no. after giving remdesivir? Not many. How many? I don't, I mean, I, the statistic isn't kept. It's not kept. They don't keep it for a reason. I mean, this is really what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a, a massive amount of misinformation that is created by people that say that they are for science. I, I want them to get out. I want Anthony Fauci to get out there and stop talking about people hurting my feelings and show me the science. Because all the information that we get is from the CDC. All the information we get are from qualified doctors. All the information we get are from people from massive medical places across the country. Yeah. Another word I would use, if you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, another word I would use is vainglory. Excessive or ostentatious pride, especially in one's achievements. He is very vainglorious. And that's not a positive word. It's not. It's not a positive way to describe someone. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and in the middle of all of this, Joe, middle of all of this, you got Joe Biden going around. Where was he? He was at Martha's Vineyard. He was in Nantucket, right? Walking around without a mask. We have video of him in a store. Where you can see through the through the actual glass door, it says masks are required, and you can see him walking around inside without a mask on. So he doesn't even he doesn't even live what he preaches, Mr. Bruce. So let's play this cut number two. Covering, Joe Biden, no face covering. He just he doesn't even doesn't even care. 
Because rules are for thee BS. and not for me. It is BS. But what are we going to do about it? I mean, doesn't it come down to what we actually do as people? Doesn't it come down to the fact that we finally stand up and say that we've had enough? And, and what does that standing up look like? And, and what does density look like? I mean, we're going into Christmas. We just had Thanksgiving. We're dealing with inflationary numbers that are 60, 70, 80, 90, 100% in categories. They want to tell us that inflation is at 6%. Inflation right now is closer to 17%. If I'm lying, I'm dying. 17% inflation right now. I mean, yeah, kids, no. kids went without being able to have Thanksgiving. They're going, they're going hungry. The average turkey cost was nearly $50 for a turkey. Look, I, I, don't, I don't know, Max. I don't know. All I know is that we see families going without right now. We see families that are literally suffering at $5 gas inflationary numbers while you have people like Saki and Biden and Fauci that stand up there because it doesn't affect them. They can yell defund oh, yeah. the police because it doesn't affect them. They can yell, hey, the election's fair because it doesn't affect them because they were chosen, because they're a part of that cabal. They're a part of that deep state. They are a part of the evil that's permeating our society. They don't even address the H.R. 6666 and the fact that, oh, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's a coincidence. They don't address the, the patents that are held by Fauci and Bill Gates and others. They don't address the fact that they did a situational deal in 2019 that was strangely familiar to what they did in 2020, a year later. Yeah. They don't address well, these things. Here's the other bit. I don't know if you saw this, Mr. Bruce, put it on my screen. This is from Boot Edge Edge. He says, families who buy electric, electric vehicles never have to worry about gas prices again. The people who are most hurting from increases in gas prices do not just have 60 plus thousand dollars laying around to buy an electric vehicle. They just don't, right? Like the, the people who are most hurting from the, ri the rising gas prices can't just afford to buy an electric vehicle. And then you still have to pay for the electricity. Right. <laughs> when you charge at your house, you're, you're, you still have to pay for the electricity. Oh, no, if you buy solar panels, you never have to worry about electrical costs. People don't have the 50 grand for solar panels. It's just they're, they're so out of touch. They're so grossly out of touch. And Joe, did you see we can take that down? Did you see that the Biden administration is now increasing the cost to lease land for oil exploration? They're going to increase the leasing fees by 50 percent. Oh, yeah. So at a time I mean, when gas to, prices to, are high, they're going to make it more expensive deliberately. Yeah. What does that tell you about what we're dealing with in our country? We are dealing with lawlessness across our nation. So this is a call to get in the gap. This is a call that we stop talking about it. I mean, before I actually came on the podcast, the reason why I was late is I was on some calls with some people, and I kept saying, we have to get to a place where we're collectively together and that we have a strategic plan. We need to run this like a business. We need to run this and run an alternate pathway so that we can empower people in their communities to stand up together, set aside their differences, grab their pitchforks, grab their, you know, their, their fire, and go hold them accountable. You say, oh, Joe, you're calling for violence. Violence begets violence. We're going to show up prepared for it, 
Because if you put, push violence, violence against us, we're going to kick your teeth in. We're not there to be violent, though. We're there to tell you that we're finished with you. To get out. You're evicted. That's what has to happen. 52 cents on every dollar goes to the government. They treat you as a slave. Six months out of the year, you work for free. Those are true statements. Now they're trying to tell you that, that you can't have ivermectin, you can't have things to save your life or your loved one's life. A guy's trying to tell you that as a dictator, I am science. While well, 71% of the people that are out there that took an anonymous poll said that they cannot support what is happening in the COVID world for the, the hospital protocols. This is all real stuff. And these pieces of trash get on there and say they're, they're lying. No, they're, we're not lying. We are the truth tellers. We are the ones that bring you truth every freaking day. These pieces of trash do everything they can to destroy you. They talk and say something, and they do the opposite. They show up at stores and don't wear masks. They say that lockdowns are on the table and vaccine passports and doing everything that was trying to be implemented in the 1940s in Germany, Nazi Germany. These are the fascists that we are dealing with right now, ladies and gentlemen. But no, you know, go ahead. Go, go ahead. You get to eat. You get to eat. It's okay. Not for long. Not for long. General Mills plans to raise their prices 20% across the board come the new year. So General Mills, huge food brand. You're talking about Annie's, Mac and Cheese, Betty Crocker, Yoplait, Nature Valley, Totino's, Pillsbury, Haagen-Dazs, Cheerios, Chex. Across the board, they are planning to raise their prices by 20%. Inflation is more than 6% because they also had to pay more money to their workers because Joe Biden gave everyone a bunch of free money and from a press conference admitted that the reason he was sending people free money was to put pressure on businesses to start paying them more. The, the only way people would get back to work is if they got paid more, which is nice in the short term. But when everyone gets paid, gets paid more, all of a sudden the products become much more expensive. So that's how you can get from a 6% inflation rate you start, over, you start paying more to your employees, having downtime, having labor shortages, all of a sudden, bam, you're at 20%. It might not seem like a big deal, but when you have, when you have families that are struggling to stay on budget and they only have $100 or $200 a month for food, a 20% increase across the board is going to be devastating. It's going to be devastating. You you, you have no idea what we're up against, and you're going to wait until you fall off the cliff and die. You're waiting. You're literally waiting. You're, you're, you're waiting. And, now, and, and by the way, now, now they're telling you to get your booster shot. Oh, now they're saying that this new variant, which, by the way, happens to... <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. The o, um, micron, Omicron. Omicron. If you move it around a little bit, it turns into what, Max? Yeah, yeah, I posted that on my telegram. Moronic. Yeah, it's an anagram. Do you think all this yeah. is a coincidence? They're telling you no. right now the quiet part out loud. And we sit yeah. there and we tolerate it. They're, they're, they're admitting it. And this is how you know they're scared. I want to play a little bit of this. We're almost out of time, but I want to play a little bit of this. This is from CNN, where they are attacking memes. This is real. CNN is now going after memes and trying to discredit the very idea of memes. Let's play this clip, Mr. Producer, cut number nine. 
Disproving viral tweets is different than debunking a TV ad. Combating meme makers is different than rebutting newspaper columnists. And the memes are pretty powerful sometimes. My suburban grocery stores never had empty shelves like that. But the messaging here saying that Biden is to blame for anything bad about the economy, it is clearly sticking to some degree. Even though economists believe GDP is going to surge this quarter, even though the American recovery is historically strong after the pandemic, the meta story is that we are in choppy waters. As Jonathan Chait wrote in this New York Magazine cover story, nobody can ascertain exactly why the public has turned so sour, sour so fast. He said Biden is like a patient wasting away from un, some unrecognizable, sorry, undiagnosable disease. Hmm. Maybe a year from now, this current discourse will seem like yet another temporary media-created crisis. But it's worth asking, how is the Biden era registering as a meta story? Clearly, Biden... Uh, it's meta story. I mean, meta story. Meta Again, story. they're... They're, they're pretending, pay no attention to your rising energy costs, pay no attention to your rising uh, fuel prices. Remember, it was Joe Biden on a debate stage who accused Donald Trump of murdering hundreds of thousands of people. And he said any president who presides over that many deaths should not be reelected. Joe Biden, a month ago, presided over more deaths in 2021 than all of two, 2020 combined. Because so he, he pushed so, to get rid of ivermectin. He pushed to make it harder to get and get access to. They called it horse paste, even though it's been used by, for human consumption for decades. I mean, th because they're liars. I mean, guys, listen, and, and I know that I'm talking in, in essence to, a, to a, a, a people that agree with me, mostly agree with me. And that's so, why you should share it to people who don't. That's why you should share it with people <laughs> that don't. That's why you have to become an effective voice, an effectual voice for truth. And that's why you have to continue to stand up. That's why we have to get in the gap. That's why we have to go visit our neighbors. That's, that's why we have to get collectively it, together, setting aside petty differences. Depend, de Democrat, Republican, I don't care. What do I care? Are you an American or are you a communist? Those are your two choices. Are you a piece of trash or are you a good person? Because those people are saying they're good people, but they're destroying people's lives. That means they're absolute trash. So you stand on one side as an American and on the other side of these communist Antifa crap bags. That's what's on that side. And you could throw the politicians in there collectively as well. Collectively yeah. as well. So, so listen, I, I want to I kind of bring, uh, I want to talk a few about what's happening tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about election fraud. We're going to talk about the fact that we have the receipts. We, we know how they stole the election. We know they used a neural network. We know that they used a fixed point outcome and they just pushed to that outcome. We know that they manipulated the votes. They know that they erased the logs and made it impossible to see how many times they manipulated or how they manipulated the votes in each precinct and state and county. We know how they did it. We know they didn't cheat in one state. They cheated in all 50 states. We know that it was a combination of organizations like Runbeck, Dominion Voting Systems, ESNS, Smartmatic, that collectively worked to steal the voice of the American people. We know that to be a fact, and we have the receipts. We know that radical elements like Stacey Abrams and others did everything that they could on the deviation of behavior to bring in evil people to steal your voice. We know that our revolution is an organization across this country that is a communist, terroristic organization that is designed to destroy you and make you fearful. We know that nonprofits across this country 
have been used as proxies to hire people in what are called no-show jobs to go in the streets and cause chaos. We know that pedophiles and rapists and all of the really bad elements are the ones that are on the streets burning and looting and asking for justice. Well, these are the same people that made victims in their society. The same people. And we know that because they keep getting arrested and we keep finding out about them. And we know about the nonprofits and we know about the billionaires creating chaos in our environments. We know about it. We know that our election was stolen and we know that our voice was stolen. And we know the judiciary has no courage and we know the legislative branch, 95%. The other 5%, by the way, seem like it's window dressing. They stand up when it's convenient and then they back down later because they have no courage, they have no fortitude, and they have no ability to justify their comments of truth. Instead, they apologize. I'm disgusted. I'm absolutely disgusted. I'm disgusted, and tonight we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about the fact that the only thing that matters going into 2022 is the fact that they stole the election in 2020. And the only thing we need to talk about with the new variant is get the F out of my face. I'm not taking a booster. I'm not taking the vaccine. And hold strong to that belief that they don't get to stick something in your body because they say so. And we need to start doing what they're doing in Australia and New Zealand and Italy and Spain and other countries where they stand up by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, and they say we've had enough. They're waiting for us in the United States to stand up. They're waiting for us. They're waiting for our military personnel to stand up and have courage and say no. They're waiting for our law enforcement officers like police to stand in the gap and say I'm no longer willing to say I'm doing it just to do my job. I'm not doing it. I'm not standing against the Constitution, Damn. and I'm not standing against the people in my community. They want us to be patient and walk a process, and let's hire, you know, we'll just elect different people in 2024. Unless you get rid of these voting machines that are designed to steal your voice, the color revolution will continue, and the chaos that you have in your life, or maybe you don't have it yet. Maybe it hasn't touched you yet, but it will touch you. We need to stop depending on those people that are influencers and seeing them have fights. We need to stop depending on them to tell us what true north is. We need to get in the gap. We need to organize and we need to be leaders. And we need to look up and look what that leadership looks like. And we're going to talk about that tonight at length yeah. for a couple hours. So join us at 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to do it for a couple hours. We're going to talk about some of the people that are in the fight and what we can do to get through this turmoil that we're dealing with right now. I'm also going to be on Ann Vandersteel's um, The Steel Truth. Um, I don't know when it's going to air. I'll let you guys know when it does air. And we'll be having some great guests on here all week long. Listen, I only care about you. That's it. The only reason I do this. Otherwise, I go back to being a tech CEO. I never would have gotten involved in this to begin with. But you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision right now what you're willing to fight for. You know, I talk about it and yeah. talk about it and talk about it. I'm done talking about it. It's time we get in the street. It's time we tell uh, Secretary of State uh, Jenna Griswold to go piss on herself. We're done with her. Eat a bag of wieners. We're done. We're done with all the corruptness that's yeah. in our society. We're done with it. We're done with these pieces of trash telling us that it's safe and secure. They treat us like we're stupid while they bilk us for billions of dollars every single day. Be done. Don't let the rhetoric and the media tell you that it's because of a meme war. It's because they're trash. 
They're evil. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into all that tonight. Another thing I want to start doing is uh, I want I want to get a little bit more viewer interaction. So if you go to my screen, Mr. Producer, I just posted this on my Telegram at, uh, at Max J. McGuire. I want you to caption this image. Joe Biden without a mask right behind the image of the mask required. And we're going to read off the best ones tonight as well. So head over there, leave your caption, caption that, and uh, we'll read off the best ones. That's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean, and Audible. So check that out. If, you, if We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you tune in for that. And if you need a little bit of a reminder, you can text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system. You'll get a message telling you what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.